This is Up for Debate presents The Ballad of Racky Balboa. Tonight, episode number 181, recorded May 28th, 2020. Chapter 4, Rocky 5. Like you request, yes? You requested this dumb location? Yeah. Why? You planning to grow reindeer or something? Oh, it's okay. It's okay? This is below human standard. There's no antennas. You gotta complain. We'll crack out here. You have everything I have been instructed to provide. No sparring, no TV, nothing. How the heck is he supposed to train around here? No TV. What about the Rose Bowl game? No room service, I bet. I hope they got my comics here. What a depressing vacation. Four. I don't know why I said five. It says four on the screen. I read four. I can't read Roman numerals. It's those Roman numerals, man. That's the, you know. It's, it's IV, not V. Part. I'm not Roman. All right, just quickly here. <laughs> Chapter four, Rocky, four. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate Presents. Uh, I am Sean Jennings, joined by a man who loves his revenge, best served cold, cold war, that is, Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Where did that expression come from? We, did we Sean not Jennings? talk about it on our idioms episode? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was that was one that escaped our escaped, escaped our idiom grasp. Um, Revenge is a dish best served cold. That sounds like it would come from a, like a Bond movie, doesn't it? Um, it sounds like a great title for a Bond movie. I, either a Bond movie or like a like film noir. That's my bad. Is film noir. Uh, it says this expression originated from eighteen hundred from the in the eighteen hundreds from the French. The idea behind this is that revenge is more satisfying when one has had time to prepare vengeance that is well planned, long feared, or unexpected. Oh, okay. Oh my God, that Matt. makes a lot of sense. I have got to read this. So this is uh, writingexplained.org, and they had that little background, but they also have examples. And they have a little a little dialogue here that is absolutely insane. And, and so I do have to, re- not to get us off topic in the first 30 seconds, but um, it's between a grandmother and a grand- It's between the grandmother and the granddaughter. And the grandmother says, honey, have some more gazpacho. And the granddaughter says, no, thanks. I can't eat. I'm too upset. And the grandmother says, why? What's wrong? And the granddaughter says, my best friend betrayed me. I told her something secret. And she told a bunch of other girls at school what I said. Now everyone hates me. I feel like I might punch her in the face when I see her at school tomorrow. And the grandmother says, don't be ridiculous. Much like this gazpacho, revenge is a dish best served cold. Wait until you are calm and then make a calculated plan to deliver justice. If you wait until you are upset, you'll be less likely to make a mistake and get yourself in more trouble. Was that for Mean Girls? I... (laughs) It was like, I couldn't think of a lazier way to set it up by using gazpacho. Much like this gazpacho, <laughs> revenge is a dish best served cold. I feel like I've heard that exact piece of dialogue somewhere uh, This, this site like, uh. does not source it, but uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I mean, when I think of a dish served cold, gazpacho is probably your number one example. But that makes so much more sense now. I feel enlightened because when I, when I hear the phrase... When I've heard it before, I I always thought like it's best served cold because you're being cold to the person you're exacting your revenge on. 
But I guess the double meaning there is that it's best served cold because you're supposed to wait on it. Like it's it's not supposed to be fresh out of the oven. I, I guess I never maybe maybe I'm dumb for that, but I never I never I never acknowledged that there was that level of meaning to the to the statement. I mean, to be honest with you, Matt, I didn't think the statement had a meeting. I thought it was like hasta la vista, baby, or something where I just thought it was like a <laughs> phrase that was in something and it just caught on and it didn't really have a purpose. It was just a good Definitely catchphrase. Definitely didn't know. Date, did you say it dated back to the 18th century? The 1800s, but yes, in France. Oh, 19th century, but still, yeah, that's a long time ago. Oh, wow, longer than I thought. I thought it would film noir like the turn of the century at, at the earliest, but okay. Um, much like the gazpacho in that story, uh, I'm trying to think of a, what is the Russian equivalent of gazpacho? Like cold borscht, 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 right? That's Russian. Yeah, absolutely. Like borscht, yeah. Uh, Rocky gets served a raw bit of borscht in the the beginning of this movie, and um, by the end, he's he's got a nice cold American apple pie ready well, for uh, for uh, Ivan Drago, the villain of this piece. So, so we're, we're talking Rocky for today. Uh, wow! And Matt and I donned our best gray T-shirts to bring you. <laughs> Um, this film, 1985's Rocky for the sequel to Rocky three, unsurprisingly, um, just an absolutely fascinating movie, Matt. I mean, right off the bat, Rocky four was the highest grossing sports movie for 24 years before it was overtaken by the blind side, the most financially successful entry in the entire Rocky film series, over $300 million at the box office. Um, oh, 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 what a film, what a film, you know, I, I came up with like 18 analogies in my head to explain this movie, and I couldn't pick one I liked. Um, But to me, I complained in Rocky 1 that we didn't get enough. It wasn't the Rocky I was expecting. Based on everything I knew of the franchise, Rocky 1, I was like, oh, I didn't expect a Rocky movie to be like this. Rocky 4 was exactly what I expected a Rocky movie to be, and what fun it was. Yeah, by then, by now, they kind of have a formula in place, and they're kind of, kind of just they're running things out. The character of Rocky is is who he is, really. Uh, and that's something that I that I kind of realized throughout the watching this movie is that this is. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to say, but it's it's the only movie that I remember where Rocky doesn't really show show much growth at all. I don't know. I don't this know. You could disagree is, with me on that. This movie's not about Rocky. He's like the fourth it's most interesting really character right. in the movie. Yeah, he he kind of takes a back seat in this one to an overall revenge plot um and uh international communism and and the arms race. He really is You're right. He is he is like the fourth or fifth most interesting person in the movie. Um It reminds me a little bit of the Fast and Furious franchise in that in the first movie, they're just like some guys with fast cars who are like stealing DVD players or something. And then by like the eighth movie, they're like part of the military and they're like blowing up a submarine with a nuclear missile. And like it just goes so extreme. And you're like you look back at the beginning and you're like, I can't believe it went from that to this. And that's how I felt about Rocky Four, where it was like every opportunity they had to just turn it up to 11. They're like, yeah, let's just it's the 80s, man. Let's just go crazy. 
Yeah, this is this is one of the most '80s movies ever. Really, uh, I think it's like this and Tron. If you want to oh, think yeah. of like '80s oh, yeah. movies, uh, to me, I don't know when I when I think of '80s, I think of I just think of Tron. Uh, that's just the first thing that pops in my head: Karate Kid, um, Tron. Yeah, I mean, I think. Like, to, to me, it, it's a it's an interesting combination of 80s aesthetics along with 80s filmmaking. I think this movie took slow-mo and freeze frames to a whole nother level over the other movies uh, and montages and all those sorts of things that now we're, we're used to um, now that we've seen. Oh, I had that, had that in, my, in my show notes, as a matter of fact. I, I wrote that audiences in 1985... Uh, I wrote that they would have appreciated the slow mo. They would have they would have seen the slow mo. It would have been something new, something like n- more novel to them, I guess. Than than looking back today, uh, and that's something that I didn't notice the, fir- the on my first watch through. Just the, the 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 type of pacing and the type of production that they put into uh, into this one. It's kind of a shows the evolution of their. Uh, their techniques over the years with the Rocky movies. Yeah, um, I, I I wrote in my notes here. Uh, did I turn on a parody of Rocky, uh, which which was a a compliment more so than anything else? Uh, Matt, where do you wanna where do you wanna start with on this one? Uh, yeah, this one this one this was like I think we talked last movie about the the, the uh, self referential like takes that they had the self-referential moments uh, with the Rocky theme, the band playing the Rocky theme and stuff like that. in the last couple movies. Uh, but this, yeah, this dials that up to like all the way to 11. Like Rocky, Rocky has kind of become a character of himself. Um, everybody in the movie is really kind of a caricature of themselves uh, except for, and I guess we could start here. The, um, the sad events of the first act of this movie, the, uh, the death, of legendary uh, boxer and, and 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 Rocky rival Apollo Creed, Sean. What did you What did you think about that? What did, did that Did that take you as a, as a, as a surprise when you watched it? Because I know you're going through these for the first time. How, what was your Walk us through your feelings um, in the Apollo Drago fight. Um. So unfortunately, this was uh, not a surprise to me because this was one of the few things I did know about the movie is that he he dies in the first act. Now that being said, uh, I did write in my notes: Is it wrong that I want Apollo to get his ass kicked after this entrance? I didn't want him to die, but that <laughs> I, you know here's here's what I loved about the first act of this movie. I've been complaining over and over and over again. I want to see more Apollo Creed. I find him to be a fascinating character. And the first act of this movie sold me on it completely. Because the idea of him seeing the fight, wanting to stand up for America, but also get his own relevancy back. His, him going back and forth, being friends with Rocky, and Rocky trying to talk him out of it. And him and Rocky training and, and getting him ready for the fight together. And then that James Brown, living in America, showgirl Vegas, firework... Over the, that went on forever um, of him just being so obsessively cocky. I'm like, even if I hadn't seen the movie before, he he had to die after that entrance. There's no way you win or even come close to winning after being so over the top villain esque cocky. 
period. Yeah, I I was wondering about that entrance, actually. Do you think that it was the director's intention to have the, the big, opulent, you know, showy entrance for Apollo Creed into the fight? Do you think their intention was um, to kind of distract you before the death? So, like, the death hits you harder? Um, or do you think it was to contrast, like, Rocky going to the end, the end of the movie where Rocky fights Drago in, in the Soviet Union? Which one do you think was more, which was more likely? Like, was it, was it to, was it to distract you from, like, not get you, like, off your guard so that when Apollo, Apollo's death kind of crushes you harder? Or was it there, was it in place to um, contrast the, like, kind of the stark ending, the fight, where it's, it's much more, like, regal, like, clean cut, like Rocky doesn't have like a big giant right. pro America entrance to that fight. I mean, he has the the flag, but that's about it. What do you think? I, I it's a great question. I, I think it's the latter, and and the reason why is because uh, Apollo's. If you've seen the trailers for Rocky Four, Apollo's death is basically in it, so it's not really a big. They're they're not like hiding it out from you. Um, that that that's what happens, and that's what gets Rocky to go to Russia and have his revenge. Uh, but I do think that. You know, it, it, that's what's interesting about this movie versus all the other movies, because it was always about Rocky, and it was always about who is Rocky fighting? Is he winning? Is he losing? What's going on with Rocky? This is about America versus the Russians. At every opportunity, this movie takes that angle. And so you've got to set up in that first act that America is loud, America is brash, and America can be beaten. And that that's what that fight is about. It, is If you just have that be a regular boxing match in America... It doesn't contrast it enough with what Drago and the Russians are doing. And I think you're right. Then it sets up a fantastic contrast when you see, you go to Russia, you see, you know, one thing that was interesting about the America fight was everyone in the crowd with the flags and, you know, Apollo, Apollo they were all getting excited. They were, And then when you go to Russia and they're all chanting and, and cheering on Drago, and then they end up cheering for Rocky at the end. You have to set up that contrast to really knock it out of the park at the end. And, and I, I give this movie credit for the cleverness of making Rocky fight in Russia, because I do think that's an angle that works. And I think it's, um, it, it's, it's smart to have done it that way versus the reverse where, you know, Apollo goes to Russia and get killed, gets killed or something like that. I think it, it, the fish out of water for Rocky, I think worked well in that respect. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, I, I, before before we forget, I want to definitely uh, uh, quickly shout out the actor who played Ivan Drago. I'm trying to find his name, he's a Swedish born actor. Oh, of course, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, fantastic! Really, like I thought he did. He was excellent in this movie. Um, he's been in he's been in lots of movies though. He's been in like. I remember him from being in being in tons of movies. Yeah, in sort uh, of the, the 90s was sort of his peak where he was in like a different action movie every month. Yes. Uh he was in he was in a Bond movie, I think. We did we talk he about He was in in the in the, the background. It was more in the background. Oh, a view to a kill. Yes. And that, that was actually his first film role. It was more of a sort of cameo appearance in the background. Yeah, he was a KGB henchman, but uh, that that wasn't. I thought he played more like a like a bigger role in. Uh, maybe not. 
I don't know. I could be getting him confused with a different a different Bond villain. But he anyway, he's he's really great, really great actor. Um, um, I'm looking at his his filmography right now. Yeah, I mean his his, uh, his most else. sort of famous movies around that time: Masters of the Universe. He starred in Red Scorpion. He starred in people probably know that. Um, Universal Soldier was relative. Johnny Mnemonic with uh, Keanu Reeves was pretty successful. I, I can't think of a movie he led that was really successful. But him as a villain, um, certainly a lot of a lot. And of course, his return in the Expendables franchise as well. With Sylvester Stallone. Don't forget, Sean, his one, perhaps one of his best beloved roles, he was in Kindergarten Cop 2. That's right. But I don't think he was a villain, which was a direct-to-video movie. Not really surprising there. Oh, man. He does come back for, for, um, for Creed 2. I don't want to spoil that, but that's, pretty, that's a pretty good moment. That actually is very... Um, You'll, you'll. I think you will. I, I, I just predict. I want to make a prediction now. I think you will enjoy the post Rocky Rocky movies, maybe even more than these. All right, like Rocky Balboa, Creed, and Creed Two. I think, I think you'll, you might be more on board for those. But um, uh, we were getting ahead of ourselves here on this one. Um, Sean, another thing I want to mention about Rocky Four. Yes. Maybe a controversial opinion here. Okay. Best training montage period ever not in a rocky movie i'm talking of any movie i think that rocky's training montage in four is better than three and possibly the best training montage of all time so just gonna say that first of all not controversial uh and second of all uh, for me rocky four had both the best and the worst montages I give them credit because I agree with you. The training, which I actually rewatched before we started taping because I enjoyed it so much, um, which is actually a two-part training montage with a short break in the middle when his wife shows up, um, where he's like, you know, like pulling a cart full of rocks and then Drago's on all that machinery, which by the way, I wrote in here, Drago's nonsense machines. They looked so stupid. You know, he's like <laughs> strapped in this machine that's like twisting his head and like, you know, all the numbers and charts are going. It, it's so, again, it's so 80s and so ridiculous looking. And then Rocky's just like running in the snow. And uh, no, it's it's an off the charts, great montage. And I agree with you, probably one of the best ever. But what was very funny to me was this movie had like four or five montages. And I've got to shout out the No Way Out Rocky and his Lamborghini montage, which went on for about five minutes that only used clips from the past movies and added nothing new to the just in case like we had forgotten or like previously on Rocky. Um, and it and it just goes on and then it like cuts between the clips and like him just driving in the Lamborghini with the lights going by and no easy way out and he's just driving on the foot and he's like they used i counted they used in that montage they used the shot of him holding creed dead in the ring three times in that one montage it was so useless i loved it but it was so dumb it reminded me i wrote in the notes that the that that training montage specifically reminded me of have you were you a fan when you were or were you aware when you were like when we were kids um, of all the animes that used to have like those like videos that they people would put? They were called AMVs, like animated motion videos. 
Anyway, people would put like music and stuff like it was it was from like Linkin Park or like emo bands like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, and they would put the music to like various clips of the show, and the, uh, it seems like Rocky Four is kind of like the precursor to that. Like, it's just clips of these fights from Rocky movies or training sessions in Rocky movies all put together in like a sequence sequence. It was, it was, um, it was cool to see. I I happen to really like that. I think they got a little redundant. I agree. Like the, uh, I think they were going for, um, they were trying to make it almost like a music video in a way. It was I, like I if that was just with the if with that the video, same sections over and over. If some dude just uploaded that on YouTube, I'd be like, "That's a pretty good like supercut of the movies." But what drives me crazy, and all the Rocky movies do this, by the way, is not only did we have that, the first like five minutes of the movie were just the ending of the last. It's only an hour thirty movie, like it's not a long movie, and like a good fifteen minutes of it is stuff we've already seen in the other movies. So that's what drives me a little bit nuts is how much they get away with just not having anything in this movie. If you cut flashback scenes, montages and slow-mo, this movie would be like 40 minutes. Yeah. In in that way, it's, I guess it's kind of similar to the, to the first movie. Sure. Not much content, but they've got a story and they want to, they want to show the story again. These would be perfect if, if the shorts, the short, short film format was, uh, more widely uh, renowned, more widely acceptable back in the eighties, I guess more if it had more notoriety. Uh, but it, it felt like they, because it had to be a motion picture, they kind of had to pad it a little bit. A lot of padding in these movies. Yeah. A lot of padding. Um, the, for a fun game, and and Sean, you can try this, or the you know the folks at home are welcome to try as well. Uh, I want you to try to pronounce. I'm gonna put it in the. I'm gonna put it in the in the show note in the um the chat. Yeah. The uh our our show chat. If you want to try to pronounce the name of the city that. Uh, Rocky sets up his training, his cabin in where he trains. Here it is. It's coming into the show notes now. Um, see if you can do your best to pronounce this. Oh, there we go. Everyone even saw it on screen. Uh, it is uh, obviously Matt. This is. It, by the way, is this a real place? Uh, it is. It is a real place in. Um, I think in Russia. In Russia. Well, uh, I mean, Matt. We we've all I've already started planning my vacation to Krasnogorbinsk. Okay, I think that was a valiant effort. Krasnogorbinsk. Uh, now, uh, Matt. Fun fact, of course, is based on the real city of Krasnogorsk, ah. which is in the Moscow Oblast. Now, of course, Matt. This was the mid '80s. They didn't go to Russia to shoot this movie. Uh, the Wyoming. Uh, subbed in for the Soviet Union, the small farm where Rocky lived and trained in was in Jackson Hole, um, and Grand Teton National Park was used for filming of many of the outdoor sequences. Much easier to pronounce than Krasnogorbinsk. <laughs> Jackson Hole. <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't know that. I just thought did that you, was that was funny. Did you ever wonder why a bunch of cities are called like something hole, like Jackson Hole? Uh, I'm assuming that it probably had to do with like mining. The term hole know. was, that was used, my, my first inclination. The term hole was used by was early trappers hole? or mountain men as a term for a large mountain valley. Oh, okay. 
I guess it is like, yeah, it's like a hole in the mountain. That's a very mountain man way to look at the world for sure. It's a big hole. Interesting. Um, now, uh, Matt, the one thing I wrote in my notes here, because I was curious, has a boxer ever died in the ring? I was thinking of that after Apollo oh, died. Yes, actually, what what I'm I'm my first like thing that popped into my mind when you said that was the book that we read for our summer reading. You had me read one summer. Yes. Um. And I think there was wasn't there a story about a boxer dying in the ring in there. But that was back in the 1920s. So that that was yeah so many years before this, but. I'm sure, I'm sure that it's happened numerous yeah, times. Uh, according, I mean, you're literally you're hitting people in the head repeatedly. Yeah. It's a recipe for brain aneurysms, hemorrhages, all, well, what's over the, all kinds of nasty things. What's interesting is that um, over it's estimated over 500 boxers have died in the ring or as a result of boxing since 1884. Um, Wikipedia has a list of many of them. Uh, I couldn't find many that actually died in the ring. Most of these were injuries and they died days later. Um, there was one, um, where was it here? I would think it would be more likely that they would, they, I mean, it would take a few days for them to die of a brain injury probably, but the ones that die in the ring, I would think maybe would have, would have a heart attack or something like a, uh, like a, yeah, yeah, really like a heart attack or like a sudden embolism or something like that. Yeah, there's one example here from 1940. Peter Acero, um, he suffered a knockout in the fourth round. He never revived. Heart attack was given as the cause of death. Yeah, could imagine like getting getting knocked out cold. That takes a toll on your your system could send you into like a shock or something like that. But I'm sure it's, it seems rather likely like it's, this is not, this is not like, uh, I don't know, polo or something. <laughs> like well, they're, they're bashing each other's heads. In. It happened four times in 2019. So, um, hmm. it's, it's not the craziest thing. Do they give a medical reason for Apollo Creed's death? <laughs> Officially? <laughs> Well, they don't even, you know, it's one of those insane movie things where it's after he collapses in the ring and everyone sort of crowds around with the cameras and stuff and Rocky's holding him. Like, at no point do they actually say he dies until they cut to the funeral. So is he, like, still alive in the ring and he dies later? Is he, like, completely dead in the ring? Like, there's, Rocky's like, doctor, we need a doctor. Um, (laughs) And, and, but it's like, it's so weird because I'm like, I feel like if he was actually dead, people would kind of maybe not be so aggressive to hang around them. I don't know. Yeah. And of course the reaction that Drago gives to the media when they ask him like for a reaction to Apollo Creed's death and he goes, if he dies, yes, he dies. He di- oh my God. The, the just that amazing was more Terminator list Drago, of but. Drago one-liners in the because I, I, the thing about Drago in this movie is he doesn't really speak. Uh, Br- Brigitte Nielsen, as his wife, speaks for him, so he basically only speaks in one-liners, uh, which is just "I must break you. You will yes. lose." Yeah, 
he's a uh, he he's it's in, he's an interesting. I think he's an interesting character, and it, maybe you have to see Apollo uh, Creed two to really appreciate it. But um, he they they build him up as like such a he's kind of like a um like a cyborg like he's he's genetically built they're injecting these steroids into him he, they it's i mean obviously i think the goal here was to remove all traces of humanity so that when rocky fights him like you're there's really no shred of sympathy they kind of turn him they do manage however to turn him into a little bit of a of a sympathetic character in future movies. I'll just say that. Um, but, but in this case, it's, it's the, it's a, an interesting ideal. Cause you have on one side that the, the technology, you're, you're almost like admitting that the Soviets are technologically advanced or more technologically advanced, which a lot of movies, I don't think we're ready to make the claim yet. I think Rocky four goes there and says like, they've got us beat. Which wasn't entirely true in 1985. By, by well, 85, I think that we were more or less comparable. But Rocky is like he trains with the with the um, with the rocks on or the logs on his back. He's like out running up and down mountains. He's kind of doing things like the old fashioned way. I wrote I wrote that in the notes. Is like Rocky trains the old fashioned way. Drogo's hooked up to machines. They've got him with like state of the art training. It's interesting because it because it almost it, it almost foreshadows in a way, uh, um, Rocky Five, for a couple of reasons. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Did you did you were you did you get the same reaction when you were watching the movie that the, this like tech advanced Drago taking on like run of the mill like kind of standard average joe joe rocky world champion kind of, average i mean obviously the obvious david yeah david david versus goliath for sure like that's yeah. what they were definitely going for but well uh, you know uh, well first of all uh nikolai koloff who is his uh trainer who is drago's trainer who i think is great in this movie he play he plays a better villain in some ways than drago does more so because he actually has dialogue i like this quote from the press conference uh it is a matter of size evolution isn't it gentlemen Drago is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. This other man has not the size, the strengths, the genetics to win. It is physically impossible for this little man to win. Drago is a look at the future. My terrible Russian impression. Um, I think you're right, Matt. I, I think there's also another interesting element to this, which is um, Russian doping has been around longer, I think, than the written word. Uh, Russians have been doping going all the way back to, to the, the early 20th century. Um, it's something they've long been known for. Long, they were doing it before anybody else. It is It has seeped into their sports history. And I think that it is an interesting angle to play on this, where they're saying, where they're basically coming out and saying, we have the superior athletes. Now, they don't come out and say the steroids part. And to be honest with you, I was actually disappointed because... You know, we see the montages of him with the zany machines, and he's running around, he's really buff and what have you, he's got the punchotron thing, and Brigitte Nielsen, when being asked by the U.S. press, says, you know, uh, he doesn't, you know, they say, well, Russian uh, doping, and, and she goes, no, 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 he doesn't dope, and I kind of wish they hadn't had that shot in the montage of him taking the injection, because I think there would have been 
more to the message of the two training side by side, where it's like machines can't replace hard work, I think is sort of the message. And I think as soon as you put those steroids in him, you automatically are saying, then the training doesn't matter. The training doesn't matter. It's the, the steroids add such an element to Drago that he becomes less of a competitor and more of a villain at that point. And I, I was kind of bummed by that. I wish they had just left it to to the straight training for the two of them. Um, but that's why I think the movie had such a big deal about the Soviet athletes are coming to America and they're going to kick everybody's ass. Part of that is the history of sports competitions between between the two nations. Yeah, it, the the stero- I think the bit the bit of the steroid, um, I guess the reason that steroids were injected into the script, you could so you could say, hey. is that yeah, um, I think that they're they're really trying to go for the cheaters never win, cheaters never prosper angle, and that really drives it home because I mean he, the the machines and stuff, yeah, they give him an advantage, but is that cheating? But that's when, what I, as soon as he injects the steroids, then it it, it becomes like oh, okay, that's cheating in the my in the collective conscious of 1980s America. That's cheating, like plain and simple. Well, it's still like, he's cheating injecting now. something that is making him stronger. Um, but I, but, yeah. but no, but that's but to me, it's not about Rocky beating a cheater because that's too simple, right? To me, I wanted Rocky to to beat Drago because he was a better boxer. And I wanted him to beat him because Drago's the bad Soviet guy. I, I just I just think you could have gone past that and had it been a... It didn't feel like a one-to-one fight to me at that point. Like the montage set it up to be. Where it's like, who's going to win? The new technology guy or the old school guy? Like you said. And as soon as you bring in those steroids, it's like, well, that's a whole nother level of cheating. That's like... that. You're, now you're going way out there. Um, and, and considering, by the way, and I wrote this in my notes... Um, Rocky should not win this fight. Um, Drago is bigger and stronger than he is. They literally show in the movie, they measure that Drago can punch twice as hard as a normal boxer. Even if you assume Rocky is, him, he's a world champion, he can punch hard. Uh, Drago should kick his ass. And I don't care what anyone says. Um, and so what, then why give him steroids? He's clearly bigger than Rocky. I actually wrote in the show notes that Rocky should have died in this fight. He should have. Like, you know it really is amazing that he didn't. He wasn't killed. Like that. Really, the miracle is that he survived. Really, he survived and then was semi-conscious enough to make that like political speech that he makes oh. at the end of the fight. Well, I, I want to talk about the speech in a second. But one thing that did really <laughs> bother me about this movie, and this this goes to the sort of uh, over the topness of Rocky Four versus the other ones is. We've talked on the show before about Rocky's winning strategy of being good at getting punched. But at least each of the first three movies give us a good reason why he should theoretically win, right? In the first movie, it's because he's a southpaw, right? He's using that left hand. In the second movie, he's trained to use his other hand. Apollo doesn't see it coming. Again, a reason he should win. In the third movie, Apollo trains him to be fast on his feet because he's too slow. Again, arguably why he could beat these great fighters. And in four... It's like, oh, he's going to win because he's American? Like, like at no point do they, like, explain the physics or, like, the cause of why. All they say is Rocky's old and Drago is giant and buff. And although Rocky's pretty buff by the end of his training montage. Uh, but that really bothered me. Like, come up with some 
some logic as to why Rocky should beat this guy. Like, I don't make it up. Oh, he's blind in his, Drago's blind in his eye, or oh, because he's so tall, you can hit him low, or like, just make up something instead of, really, Rocky won because he can get hit better than Apollo could. Well, he won because the script had to have him well, win. I think I, that's, but that's why what, he won. That's what was weird is every other Rocky movie, yeah. like, yeah, it's a little over the top, but it was plausible. Those fights were plausible. And no, this fight, you, have, you have a really good case there. It's a real, it's a really good argument. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't think of that. That really is, that really is some good. That's some good sleuthing there, Sean. That drives me because uh, you see the two of them stand in the ring, and you're like, I don't have to be a physicist no, to should, tell you. He should have absolutely been killed by Drago. There's no doubt in my mind. Just, it, just it, the way that they were both matched up. I mean, Rocky wins not just because the script needs him to, but he wins because he's got the heart. He's got he's you know, he 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 has to win for his country. Well, the movie isn't called Drago. It's called tra- Rocky. training, the training montage. But, you know, you're right. Those are all really weak bullshit reasons. Like the, the reasons in the other movies are way better that he's a southpaw, that he he trains to use his other hand in the next movie. It's more, more about technique. And I agree. And then in, in Rocky three, he uses the rope, the rope a dope. Um, it's it, there. I wish there was. I, I agree. There should have been some kind of. There should have been some kind of flaw that Drago had, like something that only Rocky could see. And you know what would have been really and easy. What would have yeah. been really easy to me is all of the montages and all of the experts and Drago is strong. But at no point do we actually show him, like, practicing boxing. You know what I mean? Like, we see him getting, like, jacked and steroids, and yeah, he can punch hard. But all they would have had to have said is, Rocky, you can beat him because the man doesn't... He's not a boxer. He's a strong guy. You just got to be faster That's than right. him. That's right. He, like, he doesn't lines. have any technique. Right. And then it, it would have... It also would have heightened the credibility for boxing because it would have been like, you have to have technique. It's the sweet science... You really have to know what you're doing. Be a, a true athlete, not just exactly. a strong guy. Like it's you not have about to, you winning. Have to know it's about the art of the fight. The mechanics. You have to know the mechanics of the sport. And they could have had Rocky like bobbing and weaving. They could have had him like punch into the abs. And, and they could have had – you're right. They could have had him just be more fa- – like just be faster than him. Or, or just exploit some kind of weakness on Drago because you're right. Drago had, had the physicality. But he didn't have the maybe didn't have the mental fortitude that that could show that Rocky had. It also would have been an interesting contrast to Rocky's character to show the, that he wins off of brains. Like, would you have ever seen that coming from Rocky from the first movie, winning off of like his his intelligence alone? Like, but yeah. no, he he just wins because he has to. He wins because the script needs him to, and that's about it. And then, of course, after the fight, and we've got to talk about this, because this is another thing that, again, I love all the things I'm complaining about, but I'm going to keep complaining about them. Uh, At the end of the movie, Rocky ends the Cold War, uh, peace across the globe. Um, Single-handedly. Single-handedly. And what I loved is, in all the other movies, after the fights, he always gives some sort of little speech. Adrian! You know, we all remember the kind of the end speech. Matt, I would like to read to you the brilliant thoughts... Of Rocky Balboa following his defeat of Ivan Drago to a world audience. Sean, I I have been waiting for this because you're I I know that every 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 episode so so far up to now you've given us your very best Rocky Balboa 
uh, inspiring speech. Yo, Adrian, we did it. Um, the, the, what would he say? Oh, I love you guys too. We, we won. We did it. And then, uh, his, the one he does in Rocky three with, with the little, the little tete a tete with Apollo. I have been waiting, Sean, take it away. All right. Give us the speech from the end of Rocky four. Imagine Matt, you were a member of the Russian political elite. Okay. And you, 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 this man, he's beat up, he's holding the American flag and into the microphone during this fight. I've seen a lot of changing in the way you feel about me and in the way I feel about you. In here, there were two guys killing each other, but I guess it's better than 20 million. I guess what I'm trying to say is that if I can change and you can change, everybody can change. (sighs) (sighs) We love you, Rocky. (sighs) Let's end the war. It's what a shitty speech. I I wish so badly that after right after he says that, like the Russians are just like turning and looking at each other in the audience, and then they just say they say something in Russian. Like one of the generals turns to the other general, and like the subtitles just say, "Did the American man suffer brain injury? Why is what is he saying?" <laughs> I, I I was listening because I really was like again I hadn't seen this somebody movie, I'm get like, him a doctor quick. You 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 have literally crafted the perfect like narrative story to have him be victorious in the end and give this insane speech and like that's what you came up with. If I can change and you can change, <laughs> you can ch- everybody can change. First of all, he really didn't change. Like, <laughs> right? like let's start there. Oh, he's a what, championship what, boxer. What big dramatic change did he make? He trained a whole bottle bunch and got stronger. He didn't really, like I said in the beginning of the episode, he didn't really change as a character at all in this movie. He just, he got really mad and decided to avenge his friend who was killed in the ring. So number one, he doesn't really change. And number two, I mean, wow, what a, what a bold leap to go from boxing, two, two guys boxing for a boxing match all the way to like nuclear war and like somehow equate those two as like the same yeah, and he really is like, you know, he says, you know, there were two guys in here killing each other. I guess it's better than 20 million. So what he's basically saying is now that Drago and I have fought, like, we don't, we we got this covered. Like, we're we're good now. We could just, you would just, does that mean we go our separate ways? Or does that mean we, like, join arm in arm? Like, we, we, like, we, own, we own Russia now? Like, now it's America? Like, is that... I mean, the that ring was they were cheering for Rocky. Like, that's that was the part of the movie that I was just like, what a turn! I don't know, because yeah, Cle- clearly they have. But you know what? Honestly, on one level, that's very stupid. But on the other level, you have to imagine, right? Drago has absolutely no personality. He th- there is no reason to root for him other than he's big and he's Russian. And to me, Rocky's a, is. If you're looking for who the crowd would root for, he is much more of a compelling character. So I kind of understand a little bit where it's like it wouldn't take much for them to swing away from Drago. They really only like him because they've been told to like him. Yeah, they, they like him. Yeah, just because he's because he's Soviet. He's like a Soviet ideal, almost like an Ubermensch. Right. They they borrow a lot of uh, like Nazi ideology, which I think a lot. To be fair, I think a lot of movies about the Soviets yes. in the seventies and eighties did this, but 
like tons of Nazi imagery. We'll talk they about make the him genetics. into like, like a perfect man. Yeah, genetics, the blue eyes, brown, which was brown, really blue, not yeah. really a Soviet thing as much as it was a Nazi thing. Like the Soviets were never trying to craft the perfect athlete. And like you know, make him a gen- some kind of a genetic purebred, and nope. and nah. But you're right, the doping thing that that's that's that was a Soviet uh, standby for sure. But uh, yeah, no, that was that was one of the worst speeches I think I've ever heard in a movie. <laughs> and I guess they don't they just didn't know how to follow it up, and they really you could tell like Stallone was trying to drive the point home here, like. I, I just don't know how I would have written it. It's a tough plane to land. It, it's a tough speech to it land. Is. And exactly. I, I, I feel bad. But at the same time, all you had to get was, you know, I love you, Adrian. And like, that's the end of the, like, I, I, I get you want to have the big, like political speech, but, um, but you don't have to. I Like what he could have, what he could have said instead was you saw two guys fight here in the ring I don't know about my opponent here, but I'm just a regular guy. I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth, I go and have a pizza with my with my friends or something like that. Like I watch, I like TV. I like to watch. I like to watch boxing. I like to run around. I like to play with my son. And, and, and you his know, robot. I know a lot of you guys out there like that. Those things too. And so I guess we're not that different after all. Like that's all. Yeah. That, I think that's a much better speech than what he. No, I, to, instead of what he said. To me, it's really easy, and you just go. I've spent the last however many months training here in Russia, and I've I've learned to love the Russian people, and they're not so different from from the Americans. You know, it's like it's you don't. Ugh. Anyway, frustrating. yeah, that would I think that would have driven it home a lot more. Like maybe he yeah he could have talked about maybe instead of instead of hear me out. Instead of the extra long double montage that we got, maybe some of it could have been him spending time with the local people. Maybe like a local Russian farmer, like is walking around. Maybe they don't trust each other. Oh my god, they become friends. Then they be yeah, they become friends. Like maybe Rocky like gets his foot or the the farmer gets his foot stuck under a log, and Rocky comes over and like lifts the log off of him. And then the the farmer's wife brings him some soup at the end, and he has the soup while he's like recovering from training, and he befriends this guy, and then that guy shows up at the match. He's like in the front row, and then he like points him out, and he's like, "This is my friend. I know his name. Like, we he taught me a little bit of Russian, and now I can say this." And that would be that would be a real like we're not so different ending instead of yeah, I I beat your guy up. So, so now we got to stop fighting because, uh, you, you know, fighting's wrong. Uh, even though I do it all the time. USA, USA. Yeah. Like, that's really the ending that we got. God, Matt, why weren't we alive but, in the mid 80s? We could have really just fixed this movie know. top to bottom. I don't know. But. Yeah, because because if anything, the fight the fight seems like it's going to provoke more troubles between the U.S. and the Soviet Union because you have a whole crowd of people now cheering for an American athlete in a in a in a Russian stadium. You know, the, there's that part where all the generals look at each other like disgusted, and half of them leave, half of them like walk out. Yeah, they could be walking out, going over to like 
put the the nu- the nuclear launch codes in. Get well, that ready. Like, it, if anything, uh, this is going to cause more tension. I, I can't imagine what the sort of geopolitical ramifications are of of Drago killing Apollo Creed in the ring in a highly publicized <laughs> fight in the U.S. Like we saw sort of those. Again, another one of my favorite movie tropes, the magazine cover time-lapse montage where they explain everything to you on a magazine cover. Uh, but basically, it's like, you know, big scandal and, and you know, he murdered somebody. Like, I can't even imagine what the what the ramifications of that were. Um, yeah. Matt, there's, uh, there's one element of this movie that we haven't talked about yet. Probably the most that? notorious element of this movie. I think maybe what people remember from it most. And that would be Paulie's robot. Oh, Paulie's robot, of we, course. We, we got to talk about the robot because I have a staggering amount of fun facts about the robot. Good. I, I See, I always forget. I always, for some reason, I, I keep thinking the robot is from Rocky Five, But you're right. Paulie's robot is, is in this one. Um, um, yeah, so w- what do you want to talk about? What about the robot you want to... Uh, well, let's start. Do you want to with, yeah, well, let's start with the robot itself. Um, the uh, the I just had it in front of me, and then obviously I scrolled the page like an idiot. Uh, Paulie's robot uh, was created by International Robotics Inc. in New York City. Uh, the robot is identified by its engineers, and its name became S I C O or Seco. Um, the robot had to register with the Screen Actors Guild to be in the movie, which I didn't know a robot could do that. Um, now you're wondering. Why is there a robot in this movie? Because um, it is weird, and it's in there for no reason, and it doesn't really do anything except play the soundtrack a lot, which I thought was weird. Uh, but unfortunately, we aren't allowed to make fun of it because uh, it has to do with Sylvester Stallone's son. Um, Sylvester Stallone, uh, his his is it his uh, second son, I believe? Um, yes, yeah. had uh, has uh, autism. And so Robert Dornick, the founder of International Robots, had been on TV talking about how robots could potentially help children with autism. Um, so Stallone found him. Uh, they started talking back and forth um, and they decided to use the Seco robot. Um, at the time of the movie being shot, Stallone was going through a divorce. So in order to keep his kids close to him, um, he wrote his older son, Sage, into Rocky as his own son. That's his own son playing his son in the movie and included the robot Seiko so he could have his younger uh, son work with Dornick on the set of the movie. Um, also, fun fact, uh, Stallone was dating Brigitte Nielsen at the time. That's why she was in the film as Drago's wife. Oh. Did not know that. That's, um, so he was he was dating Drago's wife the whole time. Yes, he was. Absolutely. Mm. A, a very uh, high notoriety relationship at the time. Um, mm. Once the robot was in the movie, Stallone began to write more and more scenes for it. Eventually, most of those scenes were cut. Um, this article has a little quote um, of a scene that was cut. Kind of explains why the robot went from being there to being in love with Polly. Uh, in the scene that was cut, Polly and the robot have developed an odd couple relationship with the robot complaining that Polly always slept in the same t-shirt and made too much cigar smoke. The robot found it offensive to their sensors. Uh, Polly shuts the robot down, opens the back panel, and changes the circuits to turn the robot completely female. This is a thing that they actually shot. Which is why in another scene, when the robot brings Polly a beer, uh, that's the voice being synthesized into a woman's voice. Most people in the movie don't understand why the robot switched from a normal voice to a female voice. That's why. 
Oh wow! You know, I I, I thought that I actually thought at one point there were two different robots for some reason. Like maybe there's many like many robots. Um, I, see, when I first saw the movie, I had no idea about the the real life context. Uh, I thought it was to symbolize like. Rocky's opulence. Like sure. he, had, he had gotten famous, he had gotten wealthy, so he bought Polly a robot because that's what you do when you have a lot of money. Like you buy your friend a robot. Robot. Well, and this this was also the era of um, short circuit. Um, what's what are some, robots were big in movies? Is basically what I'm saying at the time. Um, short circuit. What's the other big robot movie from the '80s? You're thinking of. Um, Bicentennial Man, starring Robin Williams. <laughs> yes. No. no. I'm thinking of Wally. That was not from the 80s. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, a very robots were very big at the time. Um, actually, in fact, so big, so more Seiko fun facts. Seiko, uh, James Brown, who was in the movie, sang Living to America, the song from the movie, was such a fan of Seiko, and this is true, he took Seiko on tour with him. And Seiko actually rolled out on stage during the performances and introduced James Brown. Wow. And I bet people who hadn't seen Rocky Four were kind of confused about that. So there are no, clips there are clips on YouTube of it, and it is weird. Because Seiko <laughs> comes out and does like a little speech where he talks about being from outer space. Oh. And, and it's like <laughs> It's a whole backstory thing, but it's really boring. Like, it's not exciting. I was going to say they gave him a lot of backstory. Okay. It, and it's painful to watch. Uh, and another fun fact, Seiko was such a hit in Europe that, and this is true, and you can find this on YouTube, Seiko actually recorded an Italian pop album. Wow. Where <laughs> where it's with a female, um, let me double check what the name of it is, Uh with a female pop singer uh, at the time, um, uh, the uh, album was titled Seiko Le Robot um, with Chloe uh, was her name. And literally in the song, it's it's a catchy pop song with Seiko's robot voice singing over it um, in Italian. Very weird. Highly recommend you seek this out and listen to it. Um, the album cover is just to die for of the robot um, in this very 1980s. Uh, I'll put the link here for you, Matt, to uh, in the Skype to check out later. But it is, it is very bizarre. The 80s were just a weird time. Yeah, and this was certainly a weird movie. As I wrote in my notes, uh, why is there a robot <laughs> in this? But I guess we found yeah. out the answer. By the way, I think that Polly's robot would be a fantastic name if you and I were to open up like a like a game studio, like we're a game develop. If we were like game developers, Polly's robot sounds like a game developer studio. See, I like it. As, I like it as an alternate, as an like alt rock band name. Polly's, like, yeah, that works too. Like at Coachella, it's Polly's robot, and you're like, okay, yeah, I could see that, yeah. A bar? No. Polly's robot, the bar? Polly's, uh, yeah, maybe, like a futuristic, like a like well, a C dystopian Cico, bar. Seiko sounds like a good evil like business name, like Seiko Incorporated or something. Yeah, definitely. That's that's like Umbrella Corp all over it. Yeah. Um, um, but 
the, uh, speaking of of music, talking about Seiko's music, oh the God. musical score of this of this movie. Uh, remember back and it was one of our previous episodes, and I misidentified the final bell as being from a Rocky movie when in matter of fact, it was made popular by its appearance in the karate kid. Um, uh. that is because I'm trying to take some of the, some of the blame away from my, uh, faux pas because the final bell, the song was actually composed by Bill Conti who had directed, he was the musical director of Every Rocky except for this one. That's except right. For Rocky for it. And that's because he was busy with Karate Kid. The first two Karate Kids movies were coming out at the time. And, and he, he wrote uh, the, the, the soundtrack for, for those movies. So, Yeah. Uh, replaced by uh, Vince DiCola um, for this film. Who, again, when you talk about the 80s, you got to talk about Vince DiCola. Um, notable for works on films like uh, Transformers the Movie, uh, the animated film, which had just a, a fantastic uh, score and soundtrack, Staying Alive, um, another uh, Sylvester, uh, uh, sorry, that's a John Travolta joint, um, in addition to uh, a number of other uh, really excellent films. Yep. Um, of course, you have uh, Living in America. Oh, my God. Well, with- that's what's incredible. Uh, this album uh, reached the top 10 on the U.S. Uh, Billboard 200 chart, was certified platinum, and had two top five singles, Burning Heart and Living in America, as you mentioned, as well as a top 40 hit, Robert Tepper's No Easy Way Out, um, uh, which, by the way, great music video if you get a chance to check out No Easy Way Out. Very bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, just so many great tracks. Sweet as Victory, uh, which later uh, made made famous on SpongeBob um, in their sort of uh... wait was that sweetest victory? Yes, sweet sweet victory. Yes, um, one way street. Uh, it, it just a lot of um, go west. Um, a, bar- a lot of big bands on here. Uh, Kenny Loggins and Gladys Knight with Double or Nothing. Um, yeah, just a just a banger of a soundtrack. Sean, I want to I want to throw a um, I'm reading the critical reception article on Wikipedia here about this film, and I want to I'm going to say what um, one of the critics they called this movie a laughable turd. They Ooh. said the script was a laughable turd, describing Rocky Four as the film where the Rocky series threw in the towel on credibility. Do you agree or disagree with that statement, particularly the last one? Uh, honestly, I'll give you the last part, the the throwing in the towel on credibility. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, would I call it a laughable turd um, in a loving way, maybe? I really don't think it's that bad. It's not I, a bad I, movie. I, maybe, maybe it deserves the last bit where they, they did kind of throw it, especially – Really, the last scene, the, the after the fight, kind of ruins it all for me. I think if they if you took that part out, I think it's a it's a fine movie. Is it my favorite of the series? Definitely not. Um, is it is it a passable Rocky movie? Yeah, I, I I don't I don't I wouldn't call it a laughable turd. I I also wouldn't say that it's 
necessarily throwing in the towel on credibility until you get to the end where, like you mentioned, Rocky just wins because he doesn't really have a, any kind of distinct technical advantage to go off of in this one. But um, no, I, I, I don't think so. A, a lot of a lot of negative press, a lot of negative reception coming out of, of this movie. Uh, you saw Sylvester Stallone winning Worst Actor. He got a Razzie for Worst Actor and Worst Director. Uh, he also, he got two Razzies that year. Um, he also got one for Rambo First Blood Part 2. That's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Bridget Nielsen got Worst Supporting Actress. Um, and it, this also, Sean, this also got the Worst Musical Score at the Razzies. That However, Dolph Lundgren went on to win a Marshall Trophy for Best Actor at the Naperville Cinema Festival for for yeah for Best Actor. So, and what's crazy is the controversial movie. the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Musical Store Score was only around for five years. It's it's not an award that still exists. Rocky five, uh, Four was the last one to actually win that award, mm. which I think is radically unfair. Um, yeah, I mean. One thing I will say is that uh, Pauly somehow gets very even more stupid in this movie. Like, he was really stupid before, but somehow he's managed to get oh, yeah. even stupider, which I didn't think was possible. Um, but I I like the movie. You know, it's okay to like a dumb movie. Like, there's there's no shame in that. Not every movie is is Casablanca or Gone with the Wind. I mean, uh, it's a comp I think it's a competently made movie. I think it looked good. I thought it was exciting at parts. Was it over the top? Sure. But, I mean, look at all the other movies being released at this time. You know? I, exactly. I don't, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to... I was going to say, show me an 80s movie that's not over the top. <laughs> right. Really. No, exactly. Uh, right around the same... I believe right around the same time is when um, Over the Top came out. Another Sylvester Stallone movie that is ridiculous and cheesy and really out of control. Uh, but but like I said, this movie made 127 million dollars domestically and more or less doubled that um, globally. Um, Matt, I can't leave without playing this fun game. Uh, Rocky Four, the third highest grossing film of 1985. How many of the other top 10 top grossing movies of 1985 can you name? Well, Sean, uh, I. I, I thought about looking up these answers before going on, but I figured that would be <laughs> no fun. That's no fun. That would be no fun. So so I did not look them up. I will go ahead and do my best to guess, though. Uh, I am going to definitely need some help. I will give you so, lots of clues. I want to open it up by saying that there had to be a, an Indiana Jones movie this year. Is Was this third, Was this Last Crusade, or am I like a year or two off? I really feel like there there, there should be... There nope. should be an Indiana Jones. There is not. Uh, Temple of Doom was 84. Last Crusade was 89. Okay, okay so I was one off for, for Temple. Uh, okay. There is another Sylvester Stallone movie on this list. Wasn't it? It was uh, Ram it was a Rambo movie, right? Yeah, Rambo First Rambo Blood First, Part 2 Blood. actually outgrossed. That was the second highest grossing movie that year, which is kind of insane to think about. Uh, oh, I bet there's a lot of 
interesting crossover fun facts like did he hurt himself on the set of i don't know uh, of uh, of rambo and i don't know i feel like there, there's got to be some interesting facts with that just the fact that they both came out at the same time um let's see uh there is a uh steven spielberg directed joint on this list and a steven spielberg produced movie on this list could it be uh give me give me one more one more hint the number one movie this year arguably one of the most famous movies of the 1980s uh the name has i believe come up on this show today um uh we're we're talking Zemeckis Tron? Nope. Nope, that was earlier. Mm, movies that we've Sp- seen spawned early. two sequels. Alien? No. Back to the Future. Back to the Future, number one yes, highest grossing movie right. of 1985. Uh, the Steven Spielberg directed uh, The Color Purple was number four. Um, also on this list, Out of Africa, Cocoon came in at number six, Ron Howard. Uh, the Jewel of the Nile at seven. Witness, the Harrison Ford movie at eight. The Goonies at nine. Uh, no, no way, Sean. Yeah, and Spies Like uh, Us at ten. No, I like every every episode up to this point i've guessed the goonies and i for some reason i was like no i think the goonies was probably like 90 or 91 i was gonna open it up by saying goonies that was gonna be like my first guess well that was my hope of the steven spielberg produced movie i was hoping you would yeah that would help but i suppose Uh, i had already written it off um now uh matt any other thoughts on Rocky for uh, the only thing in my notes that we didn't talk about was just um, the weird amount of product placement and those hilarious Hugo Boss sweatshirts they wear to the Apollo fight uh, that are like so blatantly product placement-y um, that just look ridiculous. Um, but that's yeah, all I got. They uh, they pile it on here. Um Oh, this is the only film in the series that does not feature the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. We're not not in Philadelphia at all for this movie. Um, Hmm. Yeah, and and, um, this is... This is the last... Well, no, because Stallone directs Rocky Balboa, but Stallone does not direct Rocky V, which we'll talk about next week. <laughs> when Rocky first arrives at his temporary home in Russia, Paulie complains that there's no antenna and asks, "What about the Rose Bowl game?" However, the match is scheduled for December 25th. Therefore, the Rose Bowl game would take place on January 1st, so Paulie would not miss the game at all. Huh. <laughs> I appreciate that detail. Uh one other fun fact for you, Matt. This is the shortest Rocky movie by runtime. 
Uh, an hour and 31 minutes on the clock, uh, second only to Rocky Three, which was one hour, 39 minutes. Uh, the longest movie we'll see in the series is Creed at two hours, 13 minutes. Hmm. Yup. Um, already, Matt. Oh, that's a cool one. This is, this is another, like, I just, just a one last little fun fact. At one point during the training montage, Drago punches the machine and the number 1990 flashes on a computer screen. 1990 would be the year the next film in the series would be released. Huh. How cool is that? That seems like unnecessary. No, I think that seems like total coincidence, but, <laughs> but cool. But so cool. I mean, to be honest, you have to think that they would have. Well, maybe maybe they didn't know how why. I mean. Again, this is the most financially successful Rocky movie ever, period. Um, and so I, I I wonder if they knew that going in um, that it was that it was gonna be so successful. You have to wonder. Hmm. Okay. Uh what we have to give we have to give one uh we have to give our, our ranking. Yes. What do we call it? The distance. We have it doesn't go the distance. Does That's it right. go the distance? Fifteen rounds. That's right. Uh how many rounds for Rocky Four? Uh what what do you think, Matt? Um Well I think I think that it, it this movie was kind of like the opposite of of Rocky. This was more like Drago in a way, where he this movie had a lot of potential. It could have gone the distance. It, it was really built. It was built to last. Built to to go deep into the fight, but for some reason, reason I think it really loses. It, it's it's it becomes almost a parody of itself halfway through it. So I, I'll say it got about halfway through the fight, and I'll probably give it. I'll give it like I'll maybe say a little bit more just just for the the cool montage. I think bolsters up one or two rounds in my mind. I'm gonna say it went nine nine rounds. Solid. Mm hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I if you remember Rocky three, I said uh, went the distance. It went all fifteen rounds, but lost in a split decision. Um. Considering how sort of out of the Rocky norm this movie was and how sort of it took it to the next level over the top, I'm going to say Rocky 4 made it to the 13th round before Thunderlips picked it up and chucked it out of the ring. Chucked it back back a couple of rounds. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. It, it didn't it didn't it wasn't knocked out, but it didn't finish either. Thunderlips threw it out of the ring. Um and, and the match was over. Sean, one more quick fun fact. And and this is something I didn't, I don't, I, I think a lot of people who watch the movie don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. Ivan Drago is the only opponent to be defeated by Rocky Balboa in their first boxing match, in their first meeting. Oh, shit. How cool is that? That definitely didn't, 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 uh, didn't notice that watching the movie. Very you, cool fact. Do you think it's kind of an interesting question? Do you think 
hypothetically, if Rocky had fought in Vegas against Drago, A, do you think he would have won? Or B, do you think he would have been killed like Apollo was? I mean, before the Russian training montage, before the dramatic Creed death, you know, obviously I don't think he would have gone in with as much gusto as Apollo did, but do you think he would have he would have won or maybe even been killed? Well, he he would have been training in Jackson Hole, Wyoming instead. <laughs> that would have been his his training not, montage not far from would Vegas. Have been there. Um I think I still am amazed that he wasn't killed here. And I and I don't know if the if the location had any, I think he probably stood a better chance fighting in Vegas, I would think, because he like American doctors are there. Do you think the Russian doctors would have would have revived him or helped him at all in if he had gone down in, in that's what makes it even more improbable is that because he's fighting on Soviet soil, I think the chances of him surviving are even less because sure. he's unless he brought a unless he brought a medical team with him, which probably didn't. Well, to be honest, though, the Vegas medical team didn't really seem to do much for Apollo either. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't help <laughs> Apollo that much. Maybe they would have helped Rock, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He, he his speech, speech at the end would have been different. That's for sure. Turns out the Soviets are better than the Americans. <laughs> you have won the war. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, this is kind of embarrassing, I guess. He holds uh, up like the Soviet flag. I hereby renounce my American <laughs> citizenship. Adrian, we're moving they're, to Russia. They're just booing and throwing stuff at him. <laughs> Turn, <laughs> turncoat. <laughs> you traitor. That's so uh. funny. Uh, Matt, I got to tell you, even if regardless of what happens from the Rocky movies from here on forward, Watching this movie has made it all worth it for me. I I enjoyed it. This and Rocky Three, I think I enjoyed immensely for totally different reasons. Um, but but a very fascinating pair of films. Well, we still yeah we still got a couple left. We, we still have do like, Rocky Five. We still have four left. We're only halfway through. Rocky Five, Rocky Balboa, Creed and Creed Two. Creed Creed Two. Yeah. So we yeah we're we're halfway through. Yeah. Oh God, this mm-hmm. is never going to end. Well. Uh, Rocky Five, I have a feeling, is going to be a very fascinating film, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Next week, Matt, we'll be back with that. Uh, we appreciate everyone who's been joining us for this series so far. I uh, hope you're having as much fun as we are. Of course, our website's up for debate.tv. You can go there and get all the past episodes. If you want to hear our previous Rocky episodes, make sure you check it out there. You can also subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts, Overcatch, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever where you are with a video version on YouTube. And of course, you can follow us at Up for Debate TV on Twitter or email us up for debate TV at gmail.com. Hey, maybe let us know what film series we should tackle next. Uh, you never know. You never know. Uh, I think that's Krasno it. Krasno Gorbinsk. I was just trying one more one more crack at it. Oh, I Krasno Gorbinsk. I thought you had something Krasno in your throat. Krasno Gorbinsk. I thought you were like choking on a pistachio or something. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. No. Yeah. Awesome. All righty. So, well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for being here. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. We'll see you next time for more Up for Debate Presents. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.